This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And it's time for another episode of Fictional Foods. Yes. Today, we are embarking on a journey to the final frontier. Going boldly where no Food Stuff episode has gone before. That's right. Star Trek Foods and Beverages. Yes, I wish we knew how to speak Klingon. Oh, yeah, I definitely don't. Yeah, we're human people who speak English. Yeah, and so we've tried. We're going to be saying some words. If if you do speak Klingon or Vulcan or Romulan or Ferengi or Bajoran... Um, and we do stuff wrong. We're sorry. Yes, we, we haven't apologize. been off Earth yet. Yeah, no, right. not not quite. It is on my to do list, and that <laughs> is not a joke. <laughs> One day, excellent. Yes. So, um, what is it? Well, what what is Star Trek? Oh, what is Star Trek? Oh, well, we're a food show, so we're going to be talking about the foods and drinks featured in the Star Trek universe, which is just so many. It's but, a bunch. Yeah, but we're going to focus on some of the big ones here. Yeah. And the replicator, because obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like Star Trek things tend to do, even food-wise, um, the foods in this universe do have some real-world implications, which is cool. Um, and right out of the gate, I wanted to thank Memory Alpha 
for being a fantastic resource. Oh, yeah. They're they're great. The fan community around Star Trek is is excellent. Yes. It's very robust. Enthusiastic and robust is the perfect word for it. Yes. But but really, though, what is Star Trek? If you don't know about Star Trek, I have a question for you. Yeah. Where have you been? Oh, <laughs> no, I'm not judging. I'm just curious because, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. One thing, it is not Star Wars. Do not make that mistake. Oh, no. It'll get you in some serious trouble with somebody in earshot. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek started as an American science fiction series created by Gene Roddenberry and then expanded into this franchise of movies, books, and animated series, just about everything you can think of. It's one of the biggest money-making franchises of all time with over $10, which is way small in revenue. It's actually $10 billion. Oh, $10 billion makes a lot more sense. She wrote $10 in our notes, and I'm like, tens and tens of dollars have been made. I've made almost as much as Star Trek. <laughs> Yay. Um, so, yes, $10 billion is the correct number in revenue as of 2016. As you might be able to surmise from that, it's really popular. Hardcore fans are called Trekkies. Or sometimes Trekkers. This is true. Yes. Some people are very particular about that. I have been one of them. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. Trekker, not Trekkie. Thank you. <laughs> Noted. Noted, <laughs> Lauren. Okay. Uh, and I would say my brother is one of these Trekker or Trekkies. I'll have to ask him because he speaks Klingon and he wants to have a Klingon wedding. And when he told... I was there when he told my parents that. Yeah. And the look on their faces was a pure devastation. Oh. And I was like, can I come dressed up? Yeah. Will, will there be blood wine? Can I participate? Will there be feats of strength? Do I have to battle someone with a butler? Yes. I was so excited. <laughs> I cannot wait. If if it happens, I will post pictures for oh, sure. Oh, man. Within the Star Trek universe, there are so many worlds and alien species and a lot of them come with their own foods and drinks. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to be talking about today. Not all of them, though, because there's way too many. And if you're not a Trekkie, or if you don't know anything about Star Trek at all, um, never fear. I'm a very casual fan, too. I do enjoy it. But, you know, I don't know, I don't know too much about it. <laughs> um, there's really interesting stuff here, so I don't click away. Just because you don't know about it, we're we're gonna speak in understandable nerdery. Very yes. little Klingon. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've tried to I've tried to rein myself in and and, and make this accessible because I'm I'm not the biggest fan ever, but I certainly uh, watched all of Next Generation and Deep Space Nine when I was a child, and so mm -hmm. they're kind of like a foundational base of my nerdery. Nice. <laughs> oh, and uh, there are a lot of Star Trek cookbooks available too. Should any of these foods or things <laughs> entice you to voyage forth into the final frontier of food. There's also a bunch of blogs where you can find recipes online, but a very excellent one is uh, foodreplicator.tumblr.com. Yes. Yeah, check that one out if you want to. Yeah, I would recommend it. Uh, and like I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's, Star Trek has long been a predictor of future technologies, like the flip phone is the one that you hear about the most, I feel like. Um, and the same holds true for food. So let's talk about some of those. But first, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Make it so. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. 
So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! Zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress 5 Years Running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, okay, let's start out with talking about food replicators. Yeah. Ah. Of the 372 times the food replicator appeared in The Next Generation, 311 of those times were Captain Picard ordering tea gray hot. <laughs> so beautiful. It is. Uh, so so the replicator, if you're unfamiliar, is a piece of technology that looks sort of like a like a doorless microwave set into the wall and seems to create pretty much anything you want, food, drinks, basically any other object, from thin air. When you order tea Earl Grey hot, for example, it doesn't just create the tea, it creates the cup that the tea goes in. And when you're done, you just put the cup and any remaining tea back in the little in the little niche in the wall and the machine dematerializes it. Fancy. Mm. Presumably, what it's doing here is taking waste materials, you know, your 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 trash, probably your poop, I'm not sure, <laughs> uh, breaking them down into subatomic particles and constructing new atoms and compounds and materials and objects from scratch using those waste materials. Uh-huh. And it's doing this instantaneously. No big. Yeah. And it, like it's it's often played for laughs about <laughs> computer interfaces and malfunctions uh you know like creating the coffee before the cup 
Oh, yeah. Lols. Uh, <laughs> Hilarious. You know, like, it's the ask for tomato soup, and it's like, we have eight kinds of tomato soup. Which one would you like? And it's like, I just want hot tomato soup. Blur. How hard is it, computer? <laughs> Dumb computer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when you get into the implications, like, th- this technology is what, in the Star Trek series, makes humanity a mostly post-scarcity civilization. Like, no one needs money. Because everyone has their basic needs met. As long as you have an energy source, you can create almost any physical object you could ever want or need. Wow. <laughs> uh, and toast, you know. Sure. <laughs> I want and need toast. I know. Pretty frequently. It's uh, hypothetically based in the same technology that makes the transporters work, you know, beam me up, right. Scotty, that kind of thing. <laughs> and also the holodecks, uh, which are sort of virtual theme parks that you can go yeah. around in. Uh, which is to say that the technology works or does not work exactly as needed for the plot, and the writers all really carefully skirt around ever describing the nitty-gritty by using Star Trek Technobabble, <laughs> uh, a device called a uh, Eisenberg Uncertainty Compensator is involved, oh, okay. you know, to, to get around the problem of not being able to know both the position and the momentum of a given particle. Right. And when asked, uh, when one of the show's staff was asked in an interview, uh, I think it might have been Rick Berman, um, he was asked how this Heisenberg uncertainty compensator works. He replied, very well, thank you. Next question. <laughs> that is an excellent response. I know, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, replicators come pre-equipped with a whole bunch of recipes, but you can program them to make something just the way you like it with a little bit of work. On the plus side, you can use this to really customize your foods. One character uh, creates chewing gum for a holodeck baseball game that's flavored like scotch. Of course. Miles O'Brien, you are my hero. (laughs) (laughs) One day, Lauren. (laughs) And uh, technically, everything that comes out of a replicator is vegan. Like, oh, yeah. No animals were harmed in the making of a replicator steak. Sure. And uh, it's also presumably the ultimate iteration of, like, fair trade because, you know, no one suffered for your replicator tomatoes or bananas. Right. Huh. Hmm. Now I'm wondering about all those jobs on Earth. Oh, well, see, that's that's the thing. Like, like You it's, don't it's, need it's, money, right? You, you don't need money. You're freed up to, to science or, or oh. art or, you know, verb, other nouns, as, as you so please. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ah, huh, cool. But... How's the food? Yeah. How is it? (laughs) It's supposed to be indistinguishable from conventionally prepared foods, but a lot of folks claim that they can tell the difference and that replicator foods taste like dull or or kind of flat. Oh, okay. Uh, Plus, since it removes the need for any kind of culinary skill or art or even care, uh, some people do disapprove of them for anything except convenience. And some people object to even that like in a sort of the struggle makes us human kind of way. Of course. One character throws non-replicator dinner parties kind of to show off how worldly and renaissance-y he Uh, is. uh. It's Riker. Of course it is Riker. (laughs) Uh, Several characters have personal or family recipes that they they share and enjoy. Restaurants, of course, do still exist. The commanding officer of Deep Space Nine, one Benjamin Sisko, is a son of a Creole chef and enjoys cooking. Um... And, of course, there's lots of local, conventionally made foods on the planets that crews visit. Sure. But living quarters on Starfleet ships don't come with kitchens. And, like, there are recreation halls and bars on ships. The foods and drinks that are served there are mostly replicator-made. And there's no mess halls. Uh, You have to use a replicator to create cooking equipment if you want to cook without a replicator. 
and uh-huh. you probably have to grow your own food or or use whatever supplies you can you can pick up in whatever quadrant of the un- universe you're hanging out in. Okay. Uh if you're if you're interested in the kind of deeper science behind replicators, there used to be this How Stuff Works podcast and video series called Forward Thinking, uh spelled F W colon thinking. It's really Googleable. Mm-hmm. Uh and it dealt with the future science and technology and uh, I was on that one along with Joe McCormick and Jonathan Strickland. We did a whole podcast episode about how food replicators might work and whether they're possible. Mm-hmm. The short answer is not to our current knowledge. Ah. But 3D printers are getting kind of close. Yeah, that's true. Like, they printed that pizza. Yeah, yeah, like in theory. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, yeah, you can Google that and check it out if you would like to. But uh, what about more traditional foods? What about non-replicated foods? I like your use of the word traditional. <laughs> <laughs> traditional fictional. <laughs> traditional fictional alien foods. <laughs> Let's talk about Romulans. Let's! Yes, because of all the foods and drinks in the franchise, Romulan ale is the most referenced. Oh, yeah. Romulans are a species of alien that is related to Vulcans. Um, You know, Spock, first played by Leonard Nimoy of Live Long and Prosper fame. He's one of my very first fictional crushes. Oh, Mm -hmm. oh. Because that's important for you to know. Um, (laughs) He's a Vulcan. So, (laughs) cousin of the Vulcan is Romulan. Yeah. And unlike ales of the Earth variety, Romulan ale is very bright, neon-ish blue. Oh, yeah. So blue. Yeah. The bluest. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, drinking it gets you insta-drunk. <laughs> There's no wasting of time. <laughs> the Romulans are a very efficient people. Yes, <laughs> I guess so. Due to a dispute with the Romulans, it is illegal in the Federation, which is sort of like a, the UN for planets. Yeah, it's a United Federation of Planets rather than a sure. United Nations. Totally. Right. It's yeah. a peacekeeping organization. Um, so it's kind of like Romulan ale is kind of like uh, Cuban cigars. There's oh, no, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Huh. But that didn't stop Captain Kirk of the original series from enjoying it. He called it. One of the advantages of being a thousand light years from Federation headquarters. <laughs> I did try a William Shatner accent earlier. Oh, yeah. Impression. And uh, somebody walked by and it was very embarrassing. Oh. But uh, I just decided I'll, I'll forego the, <laughs> the Shatner impression. I'll spare everybody. Someday that's going to be like bonus material. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are, of course, Real-world recipes, one of which is a mix of triple sec, vodka, lemonade, and, of course, blue curacao to make it blue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, which of course, also is not ale. No. Uh, There was an officially licensed Romulan ale brewed as some kind of product tie-in in the 20 aughts that apparently tasted like a bad Bud Light and would stain anything that it touched Blue as the skies. <laughs> Ooh, yay. <laughs> um, I have seen Star Trek beer, themed beer, at a place near here, but it was not Romulan ale. I yeah. think it was just Star Trek beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, Romulan ale was perhaps the precursor to blue wine, which is a trend I feel like last year it was really big. Recently. Yeah. Um, very sweet. Very sweet. At least the one I tried was. Uh, and Romulan ale is not the most alcoholic beverage available to the Romulans. <laughs> Romulan wine has it beat, and it's um, smoother going down, too, apparently. 
the Romulans seem like they may be the type to like a harsher taste. That's just my read on them. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're very intense people in mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Other Romulan foods include um, a tart candy called Ossel Twist, a military ration called Vinerine. That's how I will pronounce it. Um, or if you're feeling like something gourmet, Jumbo Romulan Mollusk. How how jumbo? Pretty jumbo. It's like fist size. Oh, wow. It's pretty big for a mollusk. That is a large mollusk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> small, small bit of trivia. Uh, when I kind of wanted to troll people on, twi- on, on, on YouTube when uh, I was running the How Stuff Works YouTube channel, uh, people would be like, oh, man, Lauren, you look like a Vulcan. I would be like, actually, I'm more like a Romulan. Thanks. Ooh, burn. <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> so snarky. <laughs> Love it. And this, that was an excellent segue, Lauren, because now we're talking about Vulcans. Yes. Um, compared to the food of their Romulan cousins, Vulcan food is a little uh, boring, I guess. They're, they're a very uh, ascetic people in a way. Yeah. And I... <laughs> I uh, was not the one who came to this assumption. A lot of people said it was boring, not me. Oh. Um, <laughs> they, the Vulcans are very logical, healthy, mostly vegetarian people, which I do want to clarify, that doesn't have to be boring. Oh, no, not at all. This is a the diet of an imaginary alien species that, in this case, does also happen <laughs> to be boring. Um, alcohol doesn't have an effect on Vulcans, uh, neither does caffeine, hmm. which is interesting about the alcohol because there is Vulcan brandy. But it seems that the main use is in ceremonies and exporting to other planets, ah, okay. which is smart. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Vulcan port, which has a similar bright blue hue as Romulan ale. That seems to be a thing. <laughs> um, and it's interesting, too, about the caffeine and coffee because there is a Vulcan coffee beverage called mocha. I mean, I guess if you just, you just like the really taste, like the taste, yeah, I like the taste of coffee. I do too, but I would never drink decaf coffee unless something's gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. Uh, Vulcans can go four months without food, and they don't touch it with their hands unless they're wearing a certain type of gloves. Isn't it because it's like they're like kissing or something? Oh, I don't know. Uh, if I had to put gloves on to eat pizza. Or uh, wings, I'd still do it. Yeah, yeah, that no, that wouldn't stop me either. Yeah, <laughs> they um, too have their own kind of jumbo mollusk, <laughs> mollusk, mollusk, and there's plomique soup, which is plain super broth eaten for breakfast. A real world world recipe I found for this online called for beetroots, sweet potatoes, carrots, garlic, celery, and onion, which you know could be good. <laughs> I don't know, but could be. There's also plomique tea, which um, has, it was described as bland. On top of that, you got Vulcan spice tea, which has a little bit more flavor. Ooh, okay. And then the simple Vulcan tea. Huh. So a lot of tea involved. Oh, sure. That's. <laughs> <laughs> then there's Jespar, which is sort of a pineapple y tasting fruit, typically eaten for breakfast as well. And red spice, a spice that seems like it was pretty tasty. So, now, oh, it's time. Time? 
for Klingons. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yes. Here comes some bad guttural pronunciations of things. <laughs> yes, because unfortunately we cannot do this in Klingon unless, man, I should have bought my brother in. Oh, well. <laughs> Maybe I'll get him to send a, a like, audiogram. Well, that would be amazing. But then we wouldn't know what he was saying and he might be insulting me. This is sibling politics I, 101. I feel like it's at least 50% likely. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be an insult, which could be funny, too. Um, so tell us about the Klingons, Lauren. Uh, Klingons are also an ascetic sort of people, um, although in a much more violent kind of way yes. than the Vulcans. The, the, the Vulcans have taken that and, and gone kind of like, oh, inner peace. And the Klingons are more like, oh, inner anger. Right. Um, it's it's kind of an honor through self-deprivation and flagellation and sacrifice with a focus on physical strength and uh, particularly battle strength. But they're also great poets. Klingon, Klingon epic poetry is considered the highest form of the art in the known universe. Oh, wow. So they're creative about being intensely minimalistic. Mm-hmm. And one thing that they do not deprive themselves of is booze. No, 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 no. Um, so first up, Klingon blood wine. It's served warm, um, <laughs> I assume, to mimic the temperature of freshly spilled blood. It's like, sure, like a, like a mulled wine. That sounds nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep <It> going. <laughs> uh, it is apparently made out of fermented blood and sugar, which, silly me, I, I was surprised blood was actually involved. Uh, oh, me too. That sounds less pleasant. Yeah. Though um, that's never been confirmed 100%. That just seems to be what people think. Um, and <laughs> I guess you the sugar is the... Add some sweet for that iron tang. Um, <laughs> it is alcoholic and very, really super strong. Twice that of whiskey. Ah. Mm-hmm. Humans generally avoid it. Captain Archer from Enterprise was the first human to try it. Ah. Supposedly. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this in stores. You can buy it. it but it's like wine, not blood. It's a red wine. <laughs> Called Klingon blood wine. No, no plasma product. Not that I know, but what a controversy that would be. Yeah. A Klingon martini, by the way, is a cocktail with blood wine, vermouth, and gin. Ooh. Mm hmm. Sticking to this theme, you've also got Rokeg blood pie. I hope that was good. (laughs) It is a holiday dish for the Klingon Day of Honor. It's if that's not your bag, Klingons also eat heart of targ, which is a type of boar. <laughs> the dish is thought to grant courage when consumed. And then if heart is not your thing, <laughs> perhaps Bridget Lung is, which doesn't involve lungs at all, but a bunch of reptiles mixed together. Okay. Yeah. Sort of similarly, there's gog, which is serpent worms, usually served live, um, that Klingons consider a delicacy. Or I, I read that even Klingons think the taste is disgusting, but they love the sensation of something dying in their mouth, which tells you a lot about them. I Yeah, that's about that's about it. That's it. That's there you them. go. Yeah. There's also rocks, which is a bowl of live worms. And it's not a small bowl. It's a big bowl. It's a bowl. sizable bowl. Yeah, and freshness is key. If, you, if you're a discerning Klingon, you'll like... <laughs> Pick through to make sure there's not a dead one in there. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That is uh, the Klingon segment. Um, 
<laughs> this makes me think uh, at local convention, Dragon Con, local in Atlanta, there's a Klingon beauty pageant. Yeah. And I went kind of on a whim once. And there was a woman dressed as a Klingon singing opera. What? Yeah. It was amazing. That's majestic. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Oh. But I remember there was a joking, there was a Klingon food segment where all the food looked really gross. <laughs> and they were trying to get, it was, it's an actor from one of them, uh, to eat. Oh, some of the things? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor buddy. Yeah. It was quite funny. I think his name is Garrett. Garrett Wayne? Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like a one of the dudes who was on there. I think. Yeah. Uh, on Voyager. I believe he hosted every year. So. Or wait. No, that's wrong. Oh, I'm going to get dragged for this. <laughs> well, moving on, moving on. Yeah. We do have a couple more honorable mentions, but first, a quick break for one more word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress 5 Years Running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. 
So, uh, so, so those were kind of uh, three three large categories. They were yes of peoples that that have been well established within the Star Wars universe. Star Wars, oh, Star no. Trek universe. <gasps> oh, I really am going to get dragged. You're done for. I am. Okay. Well, it was good while it lasted. It was <laughs> who knew? We should have known the Star Trek episode would be the down final yeah. episode. <laughs> Okay, so some so, so some other some other things from from around the Star Trek universe. Um, I wanted to mention that uh, that the Gorn, which are kind of a lizard-looking people, um, also brew a blue beverage called Meridor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds lovely. And not everything in Star Trek is so far out there. Chocolate makes a few major appearances, and MRE-style field rations with very normal Earth dishes uh, pop up in the prequels. They even serve Mai Tais on Ryza, which is a sort of whole planet pleasure spa. Yeah, and I, um, when I saw the reboot, the J.J. Abrams reboot, Mm -hmm. like I said, I've seen Star Trek, but I don't know too much about it. And I remember when... um, Uhura, she goes to the bar and she orders all those drinks in the oh, beginning uh-huh. and she orders a, a Kardashian sunrise uh-huh. and I thought she, she was saying Kardashian <laughs> and I was so confused. <laughs> why would, why? Isn't this way in the future? <sighs> yeah. It all makes more sense now. It does. I, I, I wanted to include Kardashian sunrise, but it, it didn't make the cut. However... I'm still mentioning it, so I guess maybe it did. Um, one thing that did make the cut is hasperet, which is a burrito-esque food eaten by the Bajorans, and it's apparently very spicy. The Bajorans seem to have a lot of uh, sort of Mediterranean-esque comfort foods, stews and savory pies and salads, and plenty of candies and desserts. Mm-hmm. There's also synthahol, which is, yep, synthetic alcohol, it's kind of looked down upon as not as good as the real thing. It's not a synthahol kind of night, is a quote from DS9. Um, and I wanted to mention this one because a real-world version of this called Alcosynth made headlines a couple of years ago. And and it's a pretty interesting thing. Like, uh, like of course, an advanced society would want to create a drink that can still get you buzzed but won't actually cause the potentially debilitating mental and physical effects of real alcohol, addiction and drunkenness and hangovers and alcohol poisoning and liver damage, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And of course, people would argue about whether that ruins the product or part of the kind of ephemeral experience. Of course they would. (laughs) There's Slug-O-Cola, Slug-O-Cola, which is a a Ferengi drink made up of at least 43% live algae. And I included it because I like the name. The slogan (laughs) is, the slimiest cola in the galaxy. (laughs) What a claim to fame. Most most humanoid species in the Star Trek universe enjoy trying other cultures' cuisines, but Ferengis subsist entirely on grubs and beetles and soda pop, apparently. (laughs) And they really don't understand other people's foods, like, at all. They're like... (laughs) Scrambled eggs, how disgusting. Right. And I I remember one of the resources we used for this that was talking about um, the real world implications of Mm -hmm. uh, like future predictions of Star Trek food. They pointed that out and said that we're going to move in that direction where we're going to eat. More people are going to be eating insects as a protein source. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, There's the Grimalian sand pea, 
which sort of dried out your mouth, and they were thus used <laughs> as an alternative to the peanut at the bar to make patrons thirstier. I really appreciate that one. Yeah. And then there's Alfarian hair pasta made from the hair of a mature Alfarian. This one and a lot of the series' strangest foods came from um, Star Trek Voyager, which uh, the, the ship gets stuck way far away from home and has to ration its replicator use to conserve energy. So a uh, local becomes a kind of makeshift ship chef. Uh-huh. And, he, and he spends a lot of time trying to incorporate the food traditions of various people on the ship uh, to create recipes, but using local ingredients. Uh-huh. So that's where you get stuff like, yeah. Alfarian hair that, pasta. This, this angel hair, Alfarian hair pasta. Yeah. I like the pun uh, yeah, aspect of it. It's pretty good. Um, and, and the results are, as you, as you might imagine, interesting. Sure. Uh, but oh, I, I love that the writers created this way to talk so frequently and, and personally mm-hmm. about food and about our relationships with it. It's, it's in Star Trek. It's really lovely in general. Just that, you know, f- food is a way that that we can find humanity in everyone, even non-humans. Well said, Lauren. Thank you. I would like to wrap up with a Klingon quote. Oh, that yeah? I forgot to include in the Klingon section. Oh man. Here we go. You've got this. You've got this. I can't. I don't know. The, I think it's Riker. He's at he's at a table. Let me set the scene. He's at okay. a table uh-huh. with a bunch of Klingons, and they're all eating except him. He's kind of going slowly, you know, uh-huh. hesitant. And the Klingon sitting next to him says, "If Klingon food is too spicy for you, perhaps we will get one of the females to breastfeed you." And then they all <laughs> laugh like, ah! <laughs> 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 which is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Riker like raised an eyebrow and was basically like, that would be great. (laughs) Yeah, I think that I was laughing so hard that I don't even know what his reaction was. (laughs) It's just like a fleeting memory I have. (laughs) Like, wow. I love fleeting Star Trek memories. Yeah, it really stuck out. They pop up all the time. They do. Uh, We hope that you have enjoyed this journey, this fictional food journey, Star Trek edition. Yeah. It was very, um, it was a fun research project. For it sure. really was, yeah. And if there's, um, if there's some some foods that we missed, foods or drinks uh, that that absolutely should have been included, write in and let us know. Yeah, and if you ever made any of these things and you took pictures, please send them. Oh away. my goodness, yes, so yeah. much. Yeah, <laughs> definitely tell us how that worked out. Oh, cool. Um, and this brings us to people who've already written in and listener mail. Oh, that was a weird one. Yeah, it was. Okay. You never know how they're going to go. <laughs> so I love this. Jennifer pre-wrote in about our catch-up episode because we mentioned we were working on one. And she was so excited about it, she wrote in. She says, H.J. Hines Co., now Kraft, and Mr. Hines himself are fascinating to me. I had never spent much time thinking about ketchup or catsup or other condiments until I visited the Hines History Museum in Pittsburgh a few years ago. As you might imagine, they have a display on the history of the company with some really interesting tidbits about product development and the Heinz family itself. I had no idea there was such a thing as walnut ketchup and displays of various vinegars and pickles and jams and jellies and the subtle changes and container designs, on and on and on. If you ever have reason to be in Pittsburgh, I'd recommend visiting the museum. 
It focuses, as you might imagine, on the history of Western Pennsylvania, but includes stuff like sets from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the history of glass manufacturing, and the history of slavery and abolition locally, along with temporary exhibits. Wow. Plus, if you do the Heart Healthy Challenge, take the stairs to all five floors, stamp your card, you get a prize at the end of the visit. A little pickle pin. Oh, pickle pins. I would do it. Oh, we we didn't include this anecdote in our ketchup episode, but uh, at one of the world's fairs that Heinz debuted there, like... They're, they're, it was right before the Pure Food Act, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and so they were, they were still like trying to, to drum up popularity. And uh, they to get people to come up into the area where they were, they had these um, cards that they distributed throughout the fairgrounds that was like, come to our booth and we'll give you a free pickle pin. Oh. And, and it caused such a rush that like the, the weight of, um, of all the people almost buckled the, the stage that they were on. For the pickle pins? For the pickle pins, Yeah. Famous I'd, pickle pins. I'd do it too. Right? Ah. I'd do it too. Alexandra also wrote in, Ever since your donut episode, I have been dying waiting for Fat Thursday. I am an American living in Wurzlaw, Poland. I think I said that right. I'm so sorry if I didn't. Um, On Fat Thursday, Poles eat 100 million donuts. This translates into more than three donuts, about 1,200 calories per average pole. One donut weighs around 70 grams and consists solely of fats and carbohydrates, hence Fat Thursday. The tradition of eating donuts on Fat Thursday in Poland goes back to the 17th century. The day can be described as Poland's answer to Shrove Tuesday, known as Pancake Day, which precedes Ash Wednesday in many English-speaking countries. In addition to jam-filled donuts, known as ponczki, thin strips of crispy pastry dough, known as favorki, are consumed today in large quantities. Among bakers and confectioners, Fat Thursday is regarded as one of the busiest days of the year, with many cake shops open from the early hours of the morning after a marathon night of frying donuts. <laughs> she sent pictures, too, and um, the lines were enormous. Yeah. Wrapping around buildings waiting to get get some of these donuts. Oh, and they looked really good. I've still never had a ponchki. I know. I, I mean, I've had jam donuts, but I, Not, oh, yeah. I haven't had an authentic, like, yeah. We need to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Oh, uh, but yeah. Uh, so, so thank you so much to both of you for writing in. Yes. And if you would like to write to us, please do so. Our email is foodstuff at howstuffworks.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at foodstuffhsw and on Instagram at foodstuff. Thank you so much to our audio engineer, Tari, and our producer, Dylan Fagan, for working with us. And uh, yes, we hope to hear from you. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! 
Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene, was good. But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.